Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science. You're in for a fast-paced, storytelling, action-item-rich leadership growth experience. I hope you make this podcast a habit. I consider it a leadership mentoring tool. Learning together makes us better together, and that is how we change the world around us. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and today's episode is a special series with my friend Renee Smith. It's called To Work With Love. I believe that loving leaders transform workplaces and create work experiences that are meaning-filled. Renee fights against fear-based leadership and helps us learn how to lead with love and do it in such an empowering way. You're going to love this episode. Renee, take it away. Hi there. It's Renee from A Human Workplace, and I'm so glad you've joined me for this episode of To Work With Love. On this podcast, I make the business case and the human case for love. What I've discovered in my research interviewing people about their workplace experiences is that when leaders and teams create fear, it's harmful and completely counterproductive. Fear makes it hard to get results or solve problems or satisfy customers or create loyal team members. Threats and fears trigger our fight or flight response. And when that happens, it's really difficult to trust or think or create or contribute. And, you know, chronic fear makes us ill and shortens our lives. The bottom line, fear is not a good move if you want to get anything done or if you want to care about people. And in contrast, loving conditions create a sense of safety and acceptance and belonging, which are good for people and good for teams and for the results that they're after. Love at work is expressed in forms like trust, kindness, compassion and inclusion, challenge, respect and appreciation. And consistent loving experiences at work help us to be mentally, physically, emotionally and socially healthy. All this contributes to us doing our very best work. So the bottom line there, love is the right choice if you want to achieve consistent results and if you care about making a positive impact on people, families and communities. And, you know, what I find to be the greatest news of all is that you don't have to choose between positive impacts for people and positive results for your organization and customers. In fact, you better not, because these two go hand in hand. These two don't compete with each other, but these are interdependent upon each other. I know that many leaders and organizations are truly concerned about the well-being of their team members and the way that work impacts their well-being. And, you know, we know that the number of people struggling is alarming. You consider that 89% of people are experiencing symptoms of burnout and 85% are disengaged. And if you consider that half of a workday can be spent by someone on busy work that doesn't feel valuable and that can create a sense of a lack of purpose and meaning, we know that 75% of people report feeling excluded at work and that 30% feel unseen and downright invisible at work. What a crummy feeling to have. And we also know that 83% of US workers suffer from work-related stress, and more than half of those workers report that that stress affects their home life. Those are really, really hard negative impacts that people are reporting from the work that they need to go to every day. And yet we know that leaders are concerned too, and organizations want to create positive experiences. But what's true is that we fundamentally can't say that we love our people and then harm them by creating an environment that produces those kind of statistics. That's just not loving. 
What's loving is to foster a workplace experience of thriving. And I want to talk about thriving today, and we're going to talk about thriving for the next eight months um, because it is so important to us as people in this culture and in these the workplaces in our society right now. But when we talk about thriving and we look for solutions to create more thriving, we're kind of conditioned to go in the wrong direction. We end up sort of hewing towards solutions that don't really get at the root of the problem. So I want to like try this out for just a moment. I want you to think about you know, if you were to plan a program for thriving, maybe you have, but if you were to off the top of your head, think about what are the kinds of things that you could focus on to help your team thrive? What might that plan include? Just think about what comes to mind to create a more thriving environment. Well, what I know is that people often think of things like breathing and yoga and massage and meditation, or they think about fitness and nutrition or financial education or therapy and mental health counseling, or maybe volunteering and social connection, or support groups, or wellness trainings. All of those things can usually come to mind when we think about thriving and we say the word thriving. And yes, those are important practices and programs. And in fact, we at A Human Workplace advocate for collective practices like those to be included as part of team norms and policies and collective well-being practices. We really think they're important for counteracting the impacts of stress at work. But here's the thing. They don't get at the source of this stress. They don't change the fundamental need for interventions in the first place. And by themselves, they won't move the needle on employee well-being to create thriving. And in fact, this is what a 2022 study by the McKinsey Health Institute found. They found that factors that addressed burnout and improved thriving were significantly strengthened by changing culture and operations in particular ways. So specifically, the study advocated for improving psychological safety and actively working to decrease toxic workplace behaviors and creating inclusion and supporting learning and having a manageable workload. Those were the factors that improved thriving, that improved well-being. In short, working in a human workplace with less fear and more love is far more impactful to well-being than traditional wellness activities are. You know, and our team at A Human Workplace has found the same thing. We spent the last two years deeply exploring what it means to thrive. We've researched and worked on different aspects of thriving with a number of client systems and discovered six factors that people want in their work experience. Now, these aren't the only six factors, but these are the top ones that have come forward in our work so far. These six factors are expressed and experienced at an individual level, at a team level, and at organizational levels. So there's work to be done at each level. And here's what we found, just as McKinsey found, that these factors are not addressed by traditional wellness practices, and instead they are addressed by a combination of pragmatic cultural and operational practices that are essential to workplace performance. So when organizations, teams, and individuals have these six factors in place, in our experience and research, people thrive. And when they don't, people suffer. These unhealthy workplace practices take a huge toll on the mental, emotional, physical, and social well-being of people. So what are the six factors? Here they are. Clarity, courage, wholeness, spaciousness, simplicity, and hope. Now, at first glance, these may sound pretty soft and esoteric, 
But these six states of being are highly desirable and really essential to us as people. And what our research and case studies show is that these are achieved through solid operational and organizational practices. So I want to share with you the six factors again and give you a taste of what they look like in practice for the, an individual, for a team, or for an organization, kind of giving you a sampling across the spectrum of these. So the six factors, clarity, courage, wholeness, spaciousness, simplicity, and hope. Notice how those sound and feel to you as you hear them and how desirable those probably seem. So here's a sample of the practical issues that drive these thrive factors. So individual clarity means knowing what's expected of me in my job. Team courage means creating an environment where every team member is safe enough to be brave, to be an outlier, to speak up, to share ideas and opinions. Team and organizational wholeness is based in trust, and it means breaking down silos and working across teams toward having the training and resources to do that work. Team simplicity means eliminating unnecessary steps from a process, while organizational simplicity means focusing on just two or three goals this year instead of 10 or 12. Individual spaciousness means having a reasonable workload with room to think, plan, improve, and take daily breaks, as well as taking your vacations without fear. And making progress on all of these factors and more give us hope hope that we can achieve something meaningful and hope that our efforts make a difference, hope for the future. So imagine a workplace where each day, systematically over time, you're working to culturally and operationally improve so that your team members thrive and achieve results. Imagine that in this environment, you're healthier after you've been employed there than you were before you started on that job. What might that mean to you? What might you accomplish? Well, over the next eight months, we're going to explore each of these thrive factors on this podcast and really lean into what it looks like to do the cultural and operational work of thriving. The work of thriving though, doesn't just happen randomly. The seeds of thriving need to be planted in fertile soil. So next time, we'll start with talking about getting the soil of your team ready to thrive. Now, if you're eager to learn more about how your team or organization are doing on the six thrive factors right now, you just don't want to wait any, you know, any longer, you can take our Thrive Assessment, which is linked in the show notes and is, can be found on our website as well. You'll get a rating for each of the six and recommendations for how to improve on your greatest area of need. And if you want to talk about your Thrive scores, you can sure schedule a time with me or a member of my team. Just go to makeworkmorehuman.com. Until next time, be confident in your instincts to be loving and human. These experiences belong at work. So go ahead, it's a great idea to work with love. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.